I'm Nicole Stevens. Come join me and let's walk with Jesus. All right. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening in. I am going to be turning 40 on Monday when this comes out. So happy old person birthday to me. Um, I talked last time about uh, starting to have people on uh, to share their testimony and just what God's done in their life. And so today I have my friend Wendy on. Hello. Um, do keep in mind this episode is going to sound a little bit different because we are sharing a microphone. I couldn't get the second one to work. And so it's going to sound like we're in a bathroom because I'm going to back off of this thing here in a minute. And there's going to be a pretty good space. So just keep in mind if we sound like we're in a tunnel. Okay, so me and Wendy know each other from church. Um, I met her... Not, I don't know. Facebook says nine years ago, but that's true. I don't know. When did it you start coming ago. to Oakland Heights? It's this year is going to be 10 years. Oh, yep. wait, what month? I, it's September. It was a missions conference. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we've known each other for about nine or 10 years. Uh, all right. So Wendy, tell us a little bit about like where you're from, what your life was like growing up and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, thank you for having me first, and hi everyone. <laughs> my name is Wendy Murphy, and I am going to be 34. Oh gosh, you yes, baby. Four, 34 <laughs> this year, and I am from Mexico, from Monterey, Mexico, and I have been here for 10 years. I, I came here to Georgia September 2013, right? 2013, sorry. Oh gosh, yeah. Yes, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. And, um, well, I am an only child from both of my parents. I do have half-sisters from my dad, um, but pretty much it was just me and my mom for uh, a long time. All right, so how was it like growing up as the only child? Were you really involved in church? Was your mom? How's all that worked out when you were younger? Okay, so I know some friends that will say that they didn't like to be the only child. I enjoy it because it was just me. I didn't see, I didn't know anything different. But I do now that I have children know that I was a lonely child, especially because my mom was working a lot. She had to work a lot. And then my dad was not a whole lot around. And so when we started going to church and me being able to have a lot of friends there, that was a huge blessing for my life. I was about six years old. So my mom, this is, I don't know if you actually know this part, but my mom, it's a pastor's daughter. So my grandfather was a pastor in a different state from where I'm from. And then my mom was a rebellious child and she (laughs) left everybody. So she moved to my city in Monterey, Mexico. So in her rebellion, we were away from my grandparents. So I didn't grow up with like everybody else with grandparents or cousins. I had nobody really. My dad has um, siblings, but I was because of the same thing um, that my parents were separated. uh, I was not around them as much so it was a lonely childhood Uh, like I said I didn't realize until now that I'm grown and looking back you know so but church was a blessing to me and I was able to have other friends and learn about Jesus you know you know VVS and all that so we were six when we started going to church and it was through a flyer Mm my mom started feeling the need for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess like because she saw her life and she's like okay I ran away from God but I don't want my kid maybe to go the same way that was me (laughs) (laughs) so she was like for my kid basically Mm -hmm. and she started looking for churches and she just didn't feel 
comfortable until she went to that one um, in Iglesia Bautista de Monterrey with yeah. Brian Brown in Mexico, which at that time was his dad, mm -hmm. the pastor. And I was six, and that's when I received Jesus uh, in their kids ministry. Oh, that's they, awesome. They shared the, yeah, they shared with me. I still remember. I was standing in the, sta in the steps at the church, which it doesn't look like that anymore. Right. I Actually, it does look like that still. <laughs> it's still the nursery now that I think about it. But um, somebody opened the, they call it the color book. Yeah. It's, a it's like what the bracelets uh -huh. with the black is for sin yeah. and your heart, you know, the red is the blood of Jesus. And so they shared that with me. And I think I realized then that I was not a, you know, good person. And I did things that I, that God didn't like. Mm -hmm. And, and I understood that it, that separated me from God and that my only way to be able to have eternal life was through Jesus and his blood. And so I received him as my savior when I was six. So that was around 96. Sorry, that was the virus and threat protection. Moving on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I received Jesus when I was six years old. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So did you stay in church after that? Like, how did you grow? Was your mom still going to church? How did people at the church help foster your faith if you stayed there? Yes. Yeah, so my mom started this discipleship and she grew up. In her faith, um, obviously, you know, parents have a lot of issues of their own, and yeah. I, she did not continue, but I'm so thankful that she kept yeah. me there. And um, I grew a little bit because of PBS and just listening and all that, but then um, because of my parents being separated, there was a transition in my life when I was around 12 years old. It was 2006, I think so. No, that sounds wrong. Anyways, no, it cannot be right. <laughs> then I will be like a baby. No, but um, it was around when I was um, going to middle school. That's when it was. And it was just a huge transition in my life. Lots of mess between my parents and the fighting for me. And mm. Anyways, I stopped going to church because the weekends were when I was going with my dad. And, uh, and my dad did not um, go to church. And... Um, and then I stopped going to church. But I think it's just so crazy when I look back that God always was looking for me. Yeah. Because my city is a huge city. Oops, sorry. My city is a huge city. And it's not like here in Cartersville where uh, you can see everybody that you know everywhere. There it's like when you find somebody, it's like, oh, wow, I saw you at the store because it's so big yeah. anyways. When we went there last year, I was like, this is Atlanta. Yeah, or it's bigger. humongous. It's huge. Yes, and it's just so weird that... There was one kid in my school, which I'm not, I was not my my zone where my school is my middle school. Mm -hmm. It was not close to church, so really nobody really lived around there that I knew, and so he was in my middle school, and he doesn't uh, go to our church in in Monterey anymore. But he played a huge role in my life because he will ask me every week because I saw him every day at school. Yeah. He was older than me. He will ask me, why haven't you gone to church? And I was like, oh, it's just, we, I can't. I'm with my dad. And he was asking me for two years. In my last year mm -hmm. of middle school, I was like, I want to go back to church. 
you know. I think that's a good point to think about. A lot of times when we try to encourage people, you know, like, hey, where have you been? I haven't seen you. Or, hey, are you in your Bible? Or whatever it is. Like, we can get discouraged and think there's no fruit coming. But you said he he was asking you for two years? Yeah, for two years. (laughs) The two years that I didn't go. And I'm so thankful because he did put something in my heart. Because I think that if I hadn't had anyone Mm. for those three years of middle school, because in Mexico we have different separations of grades and stuff. But uh, it's three years of middle school. And um, the first two years, he was the one that invited me. So but when he graduated, he was, like, gone. He was to high school. He was in a – because that also is different. It's not, like, the same. Right. He goes to a different school okay. now. So he was gone, and I didn't have anybody else to tell me anymore. But I already had that feeling in my heart that right. I wanted to go back. So I kept asking my mom, can you take me back to church? Can you take me back to church? Because, you know, I don't own a car, and it's very hard for anybody to have a car. And I'm 14, so I cannot just take the bus because it's super scary, you know, right. for a 14-year-old. And I didn't have anybody to come and pick me up. So I begged my mom, and every Sunday she'll be like, next Sunday. Right. And then Sunday will hit, and she'll be like, next Sunday. So the parent push-off, you just yeah. keep pushing it she off. She didn't want to go because <laughs> right. now, you know, there was something broken in her relationship mm. with God. and She went to avoid. Yeah, she wanted to avoid, and she didn't want to take me, and, and it was far away. Right. It just uh, was a little far away. And so it was about, like, 30 minutes away, so she didn't want to do the drive on her day off, mm. you know. So, um she said that I started going to what we call quinceañeras, which is like sweet 16. But and it's like, 15. Yeah, but it's 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the age. And I started going to parties with friends. And my friends at that time, they were already drinking and sleeping around mm-hmm. and smoking. And we were only 14. And um, even though I was not doing that, but I was around them. And I would tell my mom stuff that I will see. Right. And she realized, okay, this is the time For to take sure. her back to, to church. Yeah. And she said that, she wanted to take me, She that she went ahead and took me back because she said that, um, that she didn't want to look back and say, I want, she wanted me to take her and I didn't do it. And now that I want her to go back, it's too late. Mm. So she took me and that's how it started. I went back when I was 14 and then I started taking discipleship at 14, um, which is crazy to think about it like that. Like I was so young. Yeah, you were. And I'll continue my growth with through all like, ministry tools and trainings that they had there and how to study the bible and how to teach the bible up till i came basically here to georgia yeah and so tell me i mean i know I talk but tell, no i love the way you talk. <laughs> I talk all the way um i i know but tell the people who don't know mm. how you met your spouse oh yeah larry <laughs> larry oh also happy birthday to larry his birthday will be monday when this comes out too yes so um i met larry in a mission trip he was going to Mexico, which again, this is another crazy story. Our lives were, the previous years, his life and my life went through hard seasons in relationships as well. So we both were like, not looking for anything. It was a sweet time for each of us individually with the Lord, just trusting in the Lord after the rough season of our relationships. And Larry is from Cartersville, Georgia yes. at our church. Yes. Just to let people know also. Yes, and he wanted to go on a mission trip because his sisters had gone to Peru and Monterey, which I didn't know, by the way. Oh, yeah. Mallory went, like, literally she was behind my house. Right. Without me knowing that she was going to be my sister. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's super crazy yeah. to think. But he was going to Peru, going to go to Peru as a mission trip, but then God, of course, had a different plan, and that door closed, and then he was like, I still want to go somewhere, and then... Pastor Joe, at the time, he said, well, you want to go to Mexico, to Brian's church? And he was like, sure. And then that's it. That's how I met him. 
And at that time, I was not interested at all in any relationship whatsoever with any guy because the years before was when I was just coming out of a very bad relationship where I woke out of God's uh, protection and um, I was just living in sin and I was in one of the darkest pits of my life mm. and and it was actually the year before when I um, I would say that I how do you say um, regave my life to the Lord oh, uh, recommitted your recommitted life? my mm-hmm. life to the Lord and um, so I was in a sweet t- time yeah. finally like I finally understood I don't have to have anyone and it's just me and the Lord and mm. it was just like a honeymoon my, yes <laughs> yes and I was kind of jealous of my time with him and I didn't want anybody yeah. to come in and so then I met him and it was also a sweet time with the Lord because it was God telling me I am doing this and it was just like wait hold on it was just you and me why yeah. do we need somebody else and anyways <laughs> even that Larry's the third will yes I felt like he was like intruder right in my relationship with God but he wasn't actually he was pouring into it and he's the one who uh I started reading the bible with him in English because I was like well listen because he was interested right yeah in me and he was super sweet and I was very mean to him (laughs) but I was like you know what if this is if we're gonna be talking we're not gonna be wasting our time and I don't know where this relationship is gonna go but I'm gonna get some benefit out of you and I need you to teach me English (laughs) and so I'm gonna read the bible for you in English and you're gonna correct me and so we started with Romans and we finished all the way till uh, Genesis wow yes I mean Romans and Genesis. Dude, yeah. Yeah. We awesome. read the Bible together for a long time. So you're like, if we're going to spend time together, it's going to yeah. be a spiritual benefit. Yes. And I'm going to get some English going on. Yes. And then whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's how I met him. Yeah. I think that's neat too. Like when we have our relationship with the Lord and then learning how to, um, I don't know, have like temperance with other relationships. Mm-hmm. And then obviously like your spouse, like God is bringing that for your benefit and for his glory and, yeah. you know, being able to trust God yeah. and all that when it seemed probably kind of scary. At yes. The time. Yes, definitely. Especially because of what had happened before. And because I knew that there was a lot of like, you know, typical daddy issues that I had and why I did the things that I did not. I mean, I'm not blaming my dad but definitely had some of like me looking for love and f- mm-hmm. feeling the void with guys and that went really down the hill and it escalated as I had different relationships and so the year went, before I met him I had rock bottom like I hit rock bottom and it was but it was also beautiful in the darkness because I think in my life in my life I don't want to say everybody and I hope nobody has to deal with this to get to the point where I right. got there but in my life I needed that and and when I always like to say this when it finally clicked in my life in my mind when I finally understood that I was living in sin and that mm. and when my own sin made me sick like yeah. to my stomach like I wanted to throw up every time after I did whatever yeah. you know thing that I was doing wrong that's when it finally clicked like this is how God sees the sin mm. like i'm going like what the bible says like the pig back to his vomit is that oh, what it yeah, says yeah, yeah. Yeah, i'm translating the bible yeah, in my I'm mind right yeah, yeah it's like basically i was going back to my vomit and that's disgusting and that's how i felt and it just took all that um sorry if, that, if no, i keep talk talking. a lot <laughs> no 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 keep talking i was gonna look up the pig okay okay first. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes yeah, so anyways that's that's what it took in my life and it was that was the year before i met my husband and 
I, I like to say this because when I like I said, I was very young when I started discipleship. I was I was fourteen and there was no possible way for me to understand everything that I was learning because it was right. so much information. But the time invested of people, leadership in my life, my discipler, me learning this stuff, even though I memorize it and I process it and it was not going down to my heart yet. Yes. When it when I hit rock bottom, everything that I've learned through the years, mm-hmm. it clicked. Yeah. So it was not a waste of time. It was there. It was just not connecting down to and my God, heart. And God will let you receive what you need at yes. the time. Even yes. if you can't swallow it. All yes, the way. yes. But it definitely it definitely came back all and it was like it was like literally a veil was taken off my eyes. And I will not I don't I do believe that I was saved when I was six. Right. But I do believe that my life finally clicked and make a change. A huge change when I was twenty what? Twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. Twenty two. Mm-hmm. I was twenty two somewhere there yeah so like I think a lot of a lot of people who get saved when they were young so I got saved when I was seven Mm. is that you understand a simple truth yeah and you have a simple faith in this wonderful you know God and you want that relationship you want to be forgiven of your sins but as far as like being able uh to have a deep mature relationship with the Lord usually I think comes at a later time because you're still just a little kid you know and so um your brain is not even fully developed yeah so all right, so that verse you're talking about is Second Peter 2, uh, verses 21 through 22, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the, the sow, is that how you say The pig, that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. So, well, like what you were saying. See, I mixed the animals, but... <laughs> no, but I think that was really good. Uh, yes. It was a good picture, and I think that people who maybe are living in sin right now like I don't know too many people unless they've like their conscience burned and you know have uh what do you say like you make the Holy Spirit you quench. harden your heart yeah you quench the Holy Spirit and you harden your heart yeah. against him but if, if that's not happened yet then when you are sinning you should be feeling like garbage a little bit and I know that was my experience too so I'm glad that you brought that verse up that was good Thank you. So one 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 thing that I want to share is that it was not only for me to recognize the sin and how bad I was and how disgusting my sin was. God was speaking to me so graciously and I'm forever thankful. I've noticed that God will still speak to me mm-hmm. if I read my Bible, if I really look for him, even in my sin, he will still still sorry, speak to me. So he spoke to me in Psalms 32 at that time and then it it's the verse 3 four and five and i'll try to read it correctly but uh, it says when i kept silence my bones waxed old through my roaring all day long and that's how i felt Mm -hmm. because because i knew this and now my sin was hidden when i was like in doing all these things it was i was not publicly going i was actually still at church still playing piano still doing all the things Mm -hmm. but living a double life right and then it says, for the, for day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. And then how do you say that? Selah. <laughs> and then it says, I acknowledge my sin unto thee. So th- I did that. And mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And thou forgavest my iniquity of my sin. Sorry, mm-hmm. the iniquity of my sin, Selah. Yeah. So I also felt convicted with that verse that it was not only... Th- to God because yes he forgives me and I don't need to go tell somebody else my sins but 
for for forgiveness sorry right for forgiveness i don't need that but i need that for accountability and so i went with my pastor brian brown and forever him and his family have a precious place in my heart because Mm -hmm. they took my life and they helped me to get out of it and they helped me accountable and at that time it was a hard time because my stepfather was passing away like he was super sick my mom was not around my dad you know was not around still and I felt lonely Mm -hmm. I didn't have anyone uh, when I realized all that's in in my life and and I needed somebody so he took that role of in my life him and his wife and his family and um, to be like my spiritual parents right and they held me accountable and then I another verse that I love is Psalms 40 and it's um, verse 2 where he says he brought me up also out of uh, an horrible pit out of the merry clay mm, yeah. and set my feet up on the rock and establish my goings. I really believe that verse in my life. That That's what he did. But it took all this process of acknowledging, accepting it, then reaching out for help, for accountability. He established right. my way. So. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think it's good to, like, for, to I guess, the listeners to know that primarily in your culture, Catholicism is kind of a big thing. So confessing oh, yeah. to yes, definitely. a priest, a priest, is yes, that what a priest. Down there? Yeah. Um, is something that y'all, even though we know to confess our sins to one another, like maybe it'd be more of a struggle back at, in, uh, what am I trying to say? Like in Mexico, like to not uh, focus on having to confess your sins to a priest. Like, yeah, you know, well, because to be forgiven, it's only from the Lord. Yes, that, because That's they, what, they yeah. will go for them to be forgiven. Right. So, uh, you know, like they believe probably that the person the priest has the special power to forgive their yeah. sins but really we know that the bible says that our how they say our mediator is the holy spirit right. so we don't have to go we don't to have anybody to between person yes but sure. but it's good i do think that to have a community a local church a leadership in your life spiritual leader that you can go and tell these things so that they can hold you accountable not everybody i do say this don't tell your stuff to everybody but you choose right. somebody that you know they're walking with the lord and that they can help you with this. You but know, you know so. that it's God alone that forgives your sins. Yes, yeah, absolutely. For yes. sure. Yes. All right. So we kind of got caught up on like where you're from, like your life, how you got saved, um, how you really got plugged into church, how you met Larry, who is yes. also my Sunday school teacher. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's been really cool. Now, how is your relationship with the Lord today? What is, is does God still speak to you as clear as he did back then? And what are the things that he's telling you? Yes. So, um, I like I said, I've been here for 10 years. And in that time, God has spoken to me about everything, about moving here, about marrying Larry. I believe that God tells you. I believe that God can talk to you about these things of life. Yeah. Like, who should you marry? And will you move to the States? And so, that's how he brought me here. I did my life. I became a mom. That was another hard season of my life because I was away from my family. I'm away from my family. The only family that I had here is my in-laws and my church family. But it was still a weird season of my life, just discovering motherhood and all that. And so for years, I was just telling somebody that for years, I felt like not that God was not working on me because I do believe he was working on me. I took discipleship again here with Miss Debbie, uh, the pastor's wife at that time, because I wanted to learn in English so I could do it in English as well and I just don't ever like to feel like I'm fully like I know everything I want to learn again I want to learn you Mm -hmm. know so um I I felt like 
that God was not just not the same talking to me. And I don't want to say that it was him. I think that there's a lot of that it was me. I was just in a rough season. Right. And and motherhood did like brought a lot of oh, uh, man. junk out of yes. me. You know, like yeah. again, same things like issues with my mom and like mm-hmm. which I love and I you know, I have nothing against my parents at all. Um, I think they all, like I said, they have their own issues themselves and that's between them and the Lord. And I do believe that my mom did the best she could with what she had, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, But I never had like nourishing mother and all that, you know. So it was hard for me to become the mother that God wanted me to be because I never experienced You felt like that. your toolbox was a little short. Yes. So I was <laughs> like, I don't know. So, you know, I, I felt a little mad maybe for a few mm-hmm. years because because my mom was not here because I didn't have right. what other ladies had at the church. And so that, I think that it affected my life. Also, you know, when you have a baby, you cannot do as much as you did before. And then, but my husband continues doing ministry and life and I'm Felt home. left out a little yes. bit. Yes. Yeah. And so that was hard for me because again, I felt lonely. And um, about two years ago, God started doing something in my life. Like I said, I don't like to say that he started because I I almost believe that he always did. It was just me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I was so caught in the moment, in my feelings, in my hormonal changes, and mm-hmm. just figuring life with a baby now, um, which he's going to be six this year. That's so oh, you know, that It goes so yeah. fast. <laughs> uh, but anyways, this, the last two years, God has worked a lot in my life. And what recently, the biggest change he has done in my life it's uh, about myself, like revealing stuff about myself. And I don't know what I thought that. I don't know what I had this idea that if I didn't know anyone for sure, I should know myself. Mm. And that is not true. Right. Like we change so much. Like you just said something yeah. about, you know, your own health and how your health affects your emotions and hormones and all that. And like you don't recognize yourself. And it's like, wait, hold on. I should know myself. And Well, and a lot of times uh, through our immaturity, we have so many blinders and we don't even realize until God is like, okay, you're ready. Let me, t- let me take this one off. You yes. Know? And you're like, oh, yes. what is this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's so good, but it's also so hard it because is. it's so good because then you're like, you see clearly, but also now you see clearly. Yeah. And now you see all your junk and it's like, oh, anyways, yeah. one of the things in my life that I have believed for years, and this is a touchy subject, I feel like, and I'm going to be careful and <laughs> graceful. Uh, and again, I like to say this is my experience in my life and how God did it in my life. It's anxiety. And, right. Uh, and that is, everybody has anxiety or a lot of people have anxiety. Well, the people that don't have anxiety, I wonder how their life is like because I'm like, must be nice. Never I feel feeling like, like they just this. don't care about anybody or anything. They're like, I have no anxiety because yes. I don't care. I, somebody just I'm told sure me recently, <laughs> somebody just told me recently, like, I, at one time I went through a season of anxiety and I thought, man, if this is how anxious people feel every day, that sucks. I was like, yes, it sucks. It does <laughs> right. suck because it's a daily thing mm-hmm. since you wake up till you go to sleep. And a lot of for my whole life, I've been struggling with um, issues because of that. Um, when, like I said, my parents are separated, there was an issue when I was around eight, nine years old, and I started just throwing up all the time, wow. randomly. Yeah. And my parents took me, well, my mom, sorry, took me to the doctor, and the doctor tells my mom that I have a chronic disease that doesn't happen to children, but I was so stressed that I made myself sick, and I cut myself inside from the stress oh my of my parents fighting all the time. Oh. So I was like, Wendy, yeah, I know it's like, what in the world? And I've been, I have 
been biting. I have. How do you say? Biting your nails. Yes, I bite uh-huh. my nails since like I was a baby, I guess. Mm. And that was a a very uh, how do you say visible sign of my anxiety. Mm-hmm. There's other ones that are not visible, but they, you know, they're inside of me and they're happening so that I cannot breathe. When I was in college, I had this uh, the asthma sprays yeah. because I will get super stressed, overwhelmed, other stuff. So that has been with me for forever. They uh, told me in high school that I developed a heart condition because oh, yeah. of anxiety. I so, skipped my heart. Sure. I, yeah. I, I had tachycardia. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Tachycardia? Yes. I mean, like, I had had all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And so because I had that since my childhood, I thought that I was, that was my identity. Mm-hmm. And I... I know that, you know, once you receive Jesus, you know, your identity is in Christ. Like, I knew that. But it's somehow just like... Didn't that, connect. No, like, way. that's not a truth in my life. Oh, mm-hmm. it, it is. I'm a new person in Christ, but this is just how I, have, I was born like that. Yeah, I have Jesus in my heart. I'm just an anxious person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, I don't know, like, about two years ago or mainly one year ago, it started, like, I realized all these things in my life. And it just, I don't know, it just kind of became, I became aware of things that I do and how I process things, and I became annoyed at myself. Mm. And just because I couldn't handle it. I felt like I couldn't handle it. And I really don't know. It just started a process in my heart. God started talking to me. I, re- I started he- um, hearing podcasts from Brenda Briscoe. Yeah. Uh, what is it? The Postscript. The post- Postscript. Script. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, that's a good postcard. We'll podcast. link that in the show notes too. Yeah. Now talk. Uh, but he started having uh, this person which I love. I told you, I love him so much uh, in God's love. But um, <laughs> his name is Jonathan Kindler. Okay. And he's a teacher from their church in Kansas City, from the LF. Does he F- do the biblical counseling yes, class? Yes, okay. I love him. You're <laughs> uh, but yeah, he started talking about anxiety and the cult of happiness and how mm. as Christians, you know, this is not our goal to be happy and how we pursue, like the movie, the pursuit of happiness. Like that's how we are, the world. Anything that we dress, like our houses, we want to be happy. We want to, it's all for our pleasure right. because it's for us. And and it's just like open, just start a thing in my life and God started revealing things in my life. And as he revealed, like you said, he was getting junk out of my life. And it just was so nasty and disgusting what he pulled out of my anxiety. And I started getting sick last year. And I, you, you yeah, knew, because yeah, yeah. I was with you. I was sick all the time. <laughs> and I was convinced that I had an immune disease because mm. it kind of showed up in the blood test that they right. did. Right, yeah, I remember I was talking about that. And then nothing was, like, they did more tests. There was nothing. They did all the blood tests to see if I had hyper hyperthyroid because... 100% I was sure that I had something right. to excuse of why I felt mm. so anxious. Like, oh, this must be why my whole life I've been like this, right. right? And nothing came back. And when I was left with negative results, I was confronted with the truth. Mm. It makes me want to cry. Oh, Sorry. No. It makes me want to cry because I was confronted with the truth that I had no excuse. And my anxiety was not medical. Mm. It was not a hormonal imbalance nothing it was me Mm. and i do believe that it has to do with uh your you know there in the biblical counseling class i learned that there is some environmental and upbringing stuff that makes you you know your personality but you can still you know it's you can still change that even though you were born and i mean sorry not were born but you grew up in a environmental world you know yeah it stresses you out or makes you anxious or whatever 
God it was not inside of you. Yeah. You know, that thing is not inside of you. It's all outside of you. Okay, yeah. So, you, because it's not inside of you, you can change it. Right. You know? So, it was just great when I realized that, but also it was hard because I, I guess I rather wanted a medical condition. It was easier for me. Like, give me some pills. Yeah. Go ahead, take yes. it, and it'll be and good. And I wanted that. I really wanted that. And I, I think I reached also... out to you one time, like about yeah. like four years ago yeah. about it. And I actually was taking biblical counseling then, oh, and I yeah. failed it. <laughs> Not because, well, yes, I guess because of me, but it's when James got sick for months. Yeah, my son, it's hard to you know. keep up with all that stuff. So I finally said, I'm not going to pass this class. I'm going to, you know, whatever. And I do think now that it was God's plan because I retook the class at the exact time that I needed it mm. for myself. Mm -hmm. Then I think I was taking it for help, me helping others. But this time it was like, I'm going to help myself. Like right. I need this for me first so I can... See. And God brought you to a place where you could receive it and see yes. it. Yes, and I was ready. Yeah. I was ready to receive it. I was tired. I was. We had a thing at church. Uh, what's this thing that Maddie organized? Um, the Worth Weekend? Yes. Yeah. The Worth Weekend, I was like in the darkest pit. Like I was mm. in my lowest. I called Heidi from Mexico. Yeah. And I told her, I can't. I just can't. I cannot control my anxiety. I just realized it's me. And it's just all the junk that I had for years and I believe this lie and who am I like I just questioning myself like this is not me this is not me and anyways I just realized and God spoke to me first in the word but he used people he used the podcast he used Heidi he used the event our church the, yeah um, the worth weekend worth weekend yeah Goodness, i gotta think about it i went with your mom by the way uh, <laughs> that's that's the class that i went with her right uh but yes all these things to speak in my life and i realized that my identity is in christ i've knew this i knew this truth i memorized it and i believe it i really did i just like i didn't i guess i didn't believe it in my life mm. you know anyway so i realized that the power i i understood finally that the power of Christ lives in me and I understood also when I couldn't control my eating which you know I eat all the time I want to eat what I want and I want to do what I want I and because of my metabolism it doesn't affect me in my weight, and I take advantage of it but I and I will always joke like I'm, I don't want to exercise I want to eat what I want and I've told you this right. stuff you know this stuff <laughs> but but then I realized that I couldn't control my body and that my body controlled me. Mm. And it was a revelation that my flesh is in control of me, not the spirit. And that was hard for right. me to hear. Because I've been in, I've been saved since I was six. I changed my life or recommended my life when I was 22 or 23. And then I've been discipling people. I've been telling people about God. And then this was a simple truth mm. in my life that I didn't know. Mm. I don't know if I didn't want to hear it. But I just really didn't know. I was really with a huge veil, thick veil in my life. Yeah. And so after that realization and God's word in my life, uh, I have some verses here that I had to write down to remind myself. Like he's, he's still God. He's still good in my life to give him thanks always in Psalms 118.1. That he loves me. He has a plan for me. Mm. That he gave me his truth. Every word of God is pure He's a shield unto them that put their trust in him, Proverbs 35. And all these verses of be careful for nothing. Like I knew yeah. them, but it's just like, it's true. Be careful for nothing. Just bring him everything in prayer. And really actually being a doer of the word, not just a hearer, like James 1, 22 right. says. That really helped me. He helped me understand that 
His grace is sufficient. And I'm going to struggle with this for forever because, you know, this is my flesh. Right. And even that realization of, like, I'm never going to be perfect until I see Jesus. But I can work. I mean, I can, sorry, every day fight the battle and let him be victorious in my life. Mm. But that has to be a con conscious decision. Yeah. Every single day when I wake up, I have to remember it's it's not me. Yeah. The one that fights the battle is Jesus. Yeah. But but it has worked. I mean, like, right. I mean, after years of trying to stop biting my nails and like doing all these coping mechanisms, yeah. that I, I remember I talked to you about all these. They do work. I mean, they help. Like the nail polisher helped for a little bit, but I went back to my anxiety. But it was a deeper thing in my life yeah that had to come out to reveal that it's a sin the root the root it, yeah. issue mm -hmm. that root issue of my life that it was a sin of me not trusting his word could work in my life mm -hmm. not trusting that his word was powerful in my life and not trusting that his power his spirit is powerful in my life and that i can overcome this in him me not believing that that was a sin well yeah i think what we do as believers a lot of times is we put things in different boxes so yeah. it's like i believe in god and yes. i believe he's so good and this and this and it's like and then also here's my life over here yes <laughs> it was like totally disconnected yes. though you do believe what the bible says but for some reason it's like but real life but real yes. life in my life but if my friend's going through something i will point them to the word because that's what i believe but apparently i don't believe it enough to apply it apply it to my life yeah and that's not a thought that you say out loud right like you don't say i don't believe this bible in my life this verse in my life it's mm -hmm. just i don't know i just didn't it do like it. you had the blinders then it's hard yes. to see yes. your own um your own things as sin i think yeah. a lot of times because especially like our culture um and i don't want to say our culture it's just it's the world it's the flesh and and ever since the daggum internet so everything's super communicated mm -hmm. super fast but it's like this is normal. This is great. Yes. Pursue this. Oh, well, I this. told you this. I told you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I make t-shirts and embroidery yes. and stuff like that. But one of those things that I started making t-shirts with that's Bible right. verses is because yeah. that's, I need to be reminded. I'm a visual person. How do you say kinesthetic learning? Kinesthetic. You probably know better than me. Whatever. <laughs> but like, I need to see things to yeah. remember because I tend to forget. But I, like, even in the Old Testament, God will say, put this thing so you remember what he did to you. How Write he it on your forehead. <laughs> yes, how he took you out of Egypt. So mm -hmm. I need that. I need to be we all having do. verses yeah. out there where I can read it. That's why I print this and put yeah. them next to my desk because I needed to remember these truths in my life because I forget. Right. I don't know. I just forget. And so I started making the t-shirts like this. Yeah. The Bible nerds, something like to remind me his truth because like you're, you were just saying, that's true. The world tells you the, their truth and their truth it doesn't align with God's truth and and it makes me upset it made me upset when a trigger for me with my anxiety was when I will see t-shirts online of people posting like something like I'm trying to use good words because they will put bad words but, <laughs> you know anxious all the time yeah or uh, anxious and coffee or something like that like you're they I glorify it yes i yeah. don't want to wear that i already know that i'm anxious and i'm not proud of it it actually drains me mm -hmm. it consumes me i'm not happy mm -hmm. why would i put a t-shirt that says that I, and i do understand you know it probably looks cute or trendy or whatever but i feel like the world tells you like it wants you to feel comfortable with that like this is who you are you don't you don't have yeah. to be that well, you don't have to amen for that and i think i think too with uh 
the social media and all these things, you have all these videos coming out of people crying a lot. And it's not even necessarily to connect to somebody necessarily, but it's like it glorifies this other side of mm -hmm. life where it's like, I almost wonder if it, like, because the old days, like, nobody talked about hard stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody talked about um, real things that you dealt with. You just put a smile on, and you're like, everything's fine, buck up, you know? Mm -hmm. But now we've got so far on the other side where it's like... Everybody talks about everything. we got to talk about everything, which I, I'm not saying, like, you don't talk about some... You don't talk about your struggles to somebody that can help you through them, but the point is to get through them. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, no, this Lord. is like, oh, we connected inside. Yeah, let's be anxious together. Right. There's no helping at all. I'm crying. You're crying. What are we crying about today? Yeah. It's like, okay, you know, we all hurt. We all go through hard things. Let's let's connect together to use God's word to get through it, though. But the point is to get through it, not yeah. to live there and glorify it. And now it's a whole yep. trendy thing like you're yes, saying. Yes, it's a trend. It's a trend to where you're issue. And then there's another one. I still, because I'm, you know, you know, I love reels from Instagram. And when I'm scrolling, <laughs> I'm looking. And there's one that says, like, this year, I'm going to accept who I am. I'm like, what but that's that not. Mean? Yes. Like, yeah. So if you're anxious, if you're depressed, if you're, you know, you're going to accept it. So you don't, you feel in peace with you. But that's not the truth of God like we're not to stay where we are we're supposed to be growing and pressing forward I have this verse here Philippians I, I don't know what I did with it <laughs> I close it sorry no it's good Philippians uh, you know it's a very known verse with 313 um, brethren I count not myself to have apprehended but mm -hmm. this one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reach forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus so like I know who I was but I don't have to be that person I need to keep moving forward for his calling I will never stop struggling probably with my anxiety but I can give him glory and I can move forward and I can fight the battle and I can give him victory and mm -hmm. and one day when I see him face to face that's uh, that's gonna be a joyful day because I'm not gonna be stressed anymore right nothing is you know I'm right. gonna be in this glorified body and it will be fully for him but as I still have this fleshly mm -hmm. sinful body as of right now this is gonna have to continue in my life i'm gonna have to continue fully depending on his word mm -hmm. every day in prayer and having friends to hold me accountable for me to continue giving him the glory and you know yeah you know working through the anxiety yeah so, yeah yes i i love that thank <laughs> you for sharing that yeah, of course. and i think i think uh you know this this year last year was only january sixth or seventh um but how god has been uh, showing me just you know how weak I am I mean we say all the time like I'm weak and you're strong you know mm -hmm. <laughs> you're great and I'm not like whatever it is yeah. but like really like you were saying you know being able to see yourself for mm -hmm. who you are and it sucks though oh it is it's horrendous <laughs> yeah. when you see yourself it's like oh but that's what the bible says like right. you see your as a mirror and it just yeah shows you that you'd you know all your junk Sorry. right and you don't want to look at yourself in the mirror and walk away and forget what yes. you saw you want mm -hmm. to see the ugly truth so mm -hmm. that you can let god work that out and bring his victory like you were saying and I th yeah. but if you don't realize how weak you are yeah. and how of a frail fragile human yes. you are you're not going to feel like you need the Lord and you won't let him fight your battles and then you'll just glorify the anxiety and mm -hmm, whatever mm -hmm. the stuff is that's yeah that's for and, sure. it, and it seems like it's the easiest way to think to do yeah like just I'm just gonna accept who I am I'm just gonna not do anything to improve I'm gonna love me this yeah year. <laughs> I'm gonna love me and whoever marries me or whoever's around me they have to accept who I am and it sounds easier and there's much work in 
um, growing spiritually and there's a lot of pain, but there's a lot of reward to mm. enjoy. And I feel, this is what I told somebody, I don't feel like I have, I'm there yet. You know, like I'm not fully out of it. Like I say, it's a battle every day, but I feel like I've crossed the wall. I don't know how to explain. I, I just jumped that. I, yeah. I'm, I'm on the other side. Yeah. I realize what it is. I'm working on it through the word and I feel free yeah you see god's victory yes. happening in your life yes and, and I, there's stuck. there's some freedom that i have never experienced before yeah. and um it's just i don't know it's awesome and it's just i guess i'm upset why did it take so long but it's just the story of my life <laughs> it just takes so long and then you realize wow i wish i had learned this 10 years ago but you know <laughs> same but hopefully this will help somebody that yeah is going through that yeah. and hopefully you're 10 years younger than me <laughs> and a hundred years younger it. than me <laughs> you can change it now yes so yeah i think that's great i think yes. it is uh, very true that if we can allow god to look into our heart and to bring up those things that need to be changed and being willing to sacrifice our own plans our own earthly kingdom mm-hmm. our own comfort for like who we are like you were saying that um that's when he's really going to be able to change us yes. so i think the self-reflection question is like you know, are you, do you find joy where you're at right now? You know, for the people that are listening, like, mm-hmm. are you, are you truly happy? I mean, not like the world's happiness, but like even the world's happiness, you know, you're not really truly happy. Mm-hmm. You know, are you willing to let God dig up those things and to change you and to really show you that like you've fallen short, you're a sinner and that, you know, you have these, um, simple things in your life that only he can change, you know, mm-hmm. it's by his grace and we're real humans and that's what i keep learning um okay well i think you're great i love you you're one of my closest friends and i appreciate you and thank you for coming to talk about the things in your life and it was like super personal and so i'm like really uh, thankful that you shared that hopefully it can help somebody Mm. um as well and uh no you're welcome look i say this spiel every week and i have to read it because i cannot remember all right. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or need a physical Bible, feel free to DM me on Instagram at Walk with Jesus Podcast or email me at walkwithjesuspodcast at gmail.com. And I'll talk to y'all next Monday.